And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gentlemen Overlords. I am Andrew. And I'm Max. And I'm Robert. And guys, we are here to talk about pop culture, movies, television, and of course, the movie we all saw to, as a group to review at the end. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Very that succinct. is the, st- the structure of our show. <laughs> Let's talk about some movies. Robert, have you seen any movies? Maybe the movie that you were supposed to watch for uh, last time? and You know what? This time I was like, I'm doing these boys a solid. I'm going to watch the actual movie. All right. <laughs> I did. I got the assignment. Um, I watched, uh, actually for a movie club I'm supposed to do um, in uh, the Dose Court, uh, First Cow is a movie I watched. Part of the farm animal extended universe, including lamb and pig. Um, also, uh, Cowan from, uh, the Tomorrow War, right? Oh, yes. And Cowan yeah. from Tomorrow War. Um, yeah. First cow, it takes place in like, I want to say like the early 1800s. Um, when the first in, cow or- was invented. All right. Yes. That's when the, someone would discover the first cow said, Oh, let's squeeze those weird things underneath it. <laughs> um, it's, it's in Oregon, I believe Oregon territories at the time. And it's, um, basically a guy a cook who was traveling with some like fur trappers on the way there and once he gets there is just trying to figure out what to do with himself and um kind of befriends this um i believe a chinese immigrant who's also having like a hard time making things work and moves in with him in his little shack and they get the idea to kind of like make some wares and you know they need to do something to kind of like make make money and then you know have a better claim in their in their lives um and i the, just realized that i've seen this movie oh wow really yeah, yeah well, maybe you can it. speak to it um it, there's it's very gentle cinematography it's kind of like a very like kind of like quiet um sort of movie even when there's you know danger it's it's still very like long shots and uh yeah kind of like done very not a lot of grandiosity but the, the main push of it all, the first cow of it, is that uh, Toby Jones, a great actor, is uh, has like a piece of land and he's very well-to-do. And he has ordered a cow that was on the way with a steer and I think a, uh, a baby. And they died in transit. So it's just this female cow that showed up. And they basically milk it at night without him knowing and then use that to make sort of like biscuits or pastries to sell at the fort the next day. And his partner basically says like that guy, like the rich guy is like going to taste those and know like, like where does he think the milk is coming from? Like you're not, you're, we're not going to be able to get away with this for long and things kind of snowball from there. I don't want to say too much more about it, but I enjoyed it. It was very, um, yeah, like I said, you know, it was kind of like a sort of more thoughtful kind of in a little bit of a slower film, but, um, 
I really dug it. And I'm, I believe the director has done a movie I really don't like, which is Meek's Crossing. Man, you will never forget yeah. <laughs> Meek's but, Crossing. Hey, maybe a little bit of a redemption story because this did not have a squeaky wagon wheel. I did, I did enjoy this film. Sure. Um, I plan on talking about it more if I if uh, I end up uh, attending this book club thing coming up. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I would give it a recommendation. I, I enjoyed that. Toby Jones um, was uh, was Zola in the the Captain America movies, right? Mm-hmm. He's great. I mean, he's a great character actor, and that's why when I saw his name pop, I was like, hell yeah, dude, love Toby Jones. Yeah. Um. Um. I also rewatched Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Whoa! Speaking of Toby Jones. Hey. Exactly. That was my my. I was on the Toby train. Um. Yeah. Just great. I mean, I feel like that movie puts some like Bond films and you know other spy movies to shame because it feel like it really does some fun subterfuge and you know Captain America questioning Shield and not knowing who to trust and and I just love him on the run and and kind of like the america part of captain america him having the challenge which i I mean not that he wasn't he was always patriotic but not like blindly in a way like Mm -hmm. he he very quickly starts to question when people are overstepping their bounds so i really love that about it and how can you beat robert redford in a freaking marvel movie that's so good so yeah and great rewatch introducing maggie yes that's true um the elevator scene as well what about i mean what a good that's just an iconic yeah. scene. Featuring um, Guy De Silva, the stuntman, falling asleep on the floor. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's he's on the corridor crew show sometimes, and he like uh, he pointed himself out. He was like, "Yeah, there's a a lot of just like downtime during that, like setting up scenes and cameras sure. and stuff like that." And so he's like laying on the floor, and he was like, "I think I I fell asleep at some point down there." Wow, that's really funny. Um. Yeah, so I mean, I years and years now since it's been out, but obviously, highly recommend that. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, I mean, Captain America is that's it's hard to to beat that one. That's a that's a top Marvel. Um, what about what about you, Max? What have you seen? Well, I also watched some Marvel movies or rewatched, I should say, uh, the two recent ones um, that just came to Disney Plus. I shouldn't say just came, but most recently came to Disney Plus. Shang-Chi and Eternals. And uh, I liked Shang-Chi a little bit better this time around. That's good. Um, Yeah. And I still think the, the ending kind of shits the bed. The like big CGI dragon fight scene. (laughs) Yeah. And the CGI dragon wasn't the worst part of it. It was the nondescript tentacle soul sucker. I believe they call them. Yeah. Like, and a bunch of, the little guys fighting a red army fighting a uh like starship trooper army uh like none of it it's just too much and none of it interesting it's the same problem we had with boba fett's henchmen uh when you just have a bunch of people all dressed exactly the same well hold on a second <laughs> yeah i, I know no, Rob I, was, I i do think the the two armies aren't as big a de- an issue except that the the like village of people is introduced so late I just, there's not as, as many stakes, but I think the biggest shame is that, and I, I just feel like there's another way to make it just between him and his father and still have yeah. some interesting outcome because like he was so good and definitely one of the most interesting Marvel villains in my opinion. So I just thought that like, yeah, or like realizes he was being tricked and helps him 
steal off the thing before anything actually gets out or, or only a couple things get out and then dies, you know, doing it or something. I don't know. I just wish there was anything, more of a... If you, if you focus on, like, character points like that or even story points, but what they did was they just... They wanted to do the big battle and they just threw a bunch of people, none of which you care about, so none of which you have any investment in and you don't care to see any of them go. You don't care to see any of them win because who who needs them? You just met them. There's nothing to them. It's, it's just like cannon fodder. People need to stop thinking that cannon fodder is going to be interesting. I'll tell you my problem with it. Not enough armies. Put in three more. I want the battle of the five <laughs> armies again. Bring in Bilbo. <laughs> no one was spinning in a barrel? Trying to kill anyone? Yeah, they should have tossed some hobbits in there. I agree, but I hope that, I mean, I'm hoping there will be a second, you know, not just Shang-Chi in another movie, but him in another, you know, solo film. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot to draw from. They did a good job of, like, adapting it in a non-racist way, I feel like. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for, for more because I feel like they didn't nail the landing, and I wish that wasn't such a common refrain with Marvels from back in the day till now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I I just feel like they didn't know what they had, and may, yeah, maybe they were just like the audience needs a big CG fight at the end, and I'm sure that really does you know make a lot of money in a multitude of countries. But they had a great, they just should have just him and the dad should have just been it somehow. I don't yeah. know. I also still think there's a better way to make Fin Fang Foom not racist yes. and still include him. Agreed. <laughs> I can oh. say Fin Fang Foom. I'm from the dragon <laughs> the dragon planet. Okay, guys. What the fuck? <laughs> and the guy's recording him on the bus like oh my god he's canceled he's canceled <laughs> fing fang foom's pants came off what fing, the fuck and then fing, the the post credits is fing fang foom on joe rogan's podcast but i just think that you know we need to look into these different types of uh intervect invermectin yeah can uh, we look can we look it up can we look that up <laughs> oh my gosh uh and then i watched the eternals which uh I think I was right about the first time. It's pretty garbage. Yeah. It's not, not very good. And watching it the second time, I was just like, yeah, really none of this shit makes any sense wow. at any point. And I, like contradicts itself and like contradicts every everything you know about the world and takes credit for a lot of weird stuff. On and, my list for the movies I talked about before, I think I mentioned that I rewatched that recently, but I don't, I don't remember. Maybe I didn't mention on the last episode, but I watched that with Jamie and I had every expectation that she would not like it. And she really enjoyed it. Oh, <laughs> okay. And I, I, I like it too, but I also, it's not in my top Marvel, but mm, I, I, I like it more than you, you obviously. So like, uh, I watched both of these with Jenny cause she didn't go to the theaters to see them. And, uh, she liked Shang-Chi quite a bit. Uh, and so I kind of thought, well, yeah, maybe I, I missed something in the Eternals and she's going to like this one. She hated it too. Oh, damn. Yeah. She, because it doesn't make any and what sense. a fun night. You guys are sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we watched them both the same night. and These, these are terrible. Did you watch Eternals after Shang-Chi? Uh, yeah. I think like Oof. either the next night or a couple nights. Oof. What do you mean? We, we did it in order. Well, I know, but like the Shang-Chi was like the better movie. So, you know. Oh yeah. 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 It, it kind of sucks because there's some there's some cool stuff, and I think uh, Gemma Chan did a good like a good job yeah, yeah. as the main character and and stayed interesting. But it's just like it's so convoluted, and despite being what three to five hours long, I forget how it's <laughs> like way too long. Fourteen hours still, long. It still starts with the like opening credit scroll 
going through of just there was like, scrolls in this movie there were scrolls i i pronounced wait, that wait, right. wait wait for secret invasion we'll find out <laughs> yeah maybe there will be but uh anyway <laughs> it, it's like it's the exposition scroll yeah that just says like uh millions of years ago the w- world was created and this and then they go along and explain it again in the show like and they introduce this every man with um uh john snow whatever whatever his character is dane something or other uh in eternals and they like explain it to him again Mm -hmm. they really i don't know it it really felt like and they did flashbacks and stuff that that could have you know they could have just like progressed in time it was weird it was just weird i think it was uh it could have been done a lot better they could have trimmed out a lot and a lot of it just doesn't make sense when you put it piece it all together the yeah i think you know, like what you were talking about with shang chi and we, we touched on this i think in the when we reviewed the movie that introducing like seven main characters none of which you've met before or care about and most of them you know to be honest were like not that interesting anyways so like they introduced like seven pretty boring characters maybe one or two of them had interesting traits but mm-hmm. like the mistake i think was not having any of them show up in a previous Marvel movie. So you at least had some attachment to like, you know, if Kumail had been in Shang-Chi or, you know, like just somewhere you had met one of them and like had a chance to get to know them. And instead when you're meeting, you know, it's the, it's the justice league problem where it's like, you're introducing so many characters at once. None of them are particularly interesting that you're just like, Uh, do I like any of these characters and like the movie being, you know, three or five hours, whatever, you know, length it was, um, I think over, over six hours, actually. Um, (laughs) like it's not even over three, but it's very funny. You guys are saying three to five hours. I think it's like two hours and 40 minutes or something. It's like, it is like genuinely long for a Marvel movie, but it's like the opposite of a certain movie we watch, which is barely qualifies (laughs) as a movie running time. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get to it. Um, but I, yeah, I just think like trying to, to, introduce so many characters at once it just didn't do a good job of making you care about any of them while introducing them i think yeah and i think the second time i watched it i noticed that even more because like the first time you watch it you're noticing new things as it goes on but like watching it this time when they first walk up they land on on earth and like start taking out the uh deviants right Mm -hmm. and they they do a shot where they all line up the superhero pose right Mm-hmm. And there, and it keeps like scrolling back so you can see more and more of them. And I kept thinking like, oh yeah, there's this other, char- oh yeah, another character. They just get like, there's a whole line of, of like 10 of them just standing there on the edge of a cliff. I'm like, holy crap, that's too many. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're also introducing the bad guys for the first time. And you're also introducing all the side characters mm-hmm. for the first time. Like there is nothing connecting this to the rest of it, except for they mention other characters sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah, stupid that the most fun character to me is the one they introduce in the post credits, which is, you know, like spoiler, I guess, spoiler alert for the, the Eternals, uh, Thanos's brother, which like, like having like a rogue type character, show up in the post credits and it's just like oh that one's fun why hasn't that guy been in this movie the entire time and it's just like oh like these seven kind of like morose characters and then you introduce (laughs) a fun one at the end just like okay now i kind of want to see like the eternals too but i kind of wish there had been more of this in the eternals one and then even the uh yeah 
even after that, they introduce my favorite character. Well, they don't even introduce him. He just <laughs> you has hear a, him. a spoken line of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm really excited for Mahershala Ali to play Blade because I just yeah. watched Swan Song last last time we talked, and uh, he's such a great actor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they also like killed off Gilgamesh, who was another one of my uh, favorite characters in there. Yeah. And yeah, and they they. <laughs> They introduce that deviant bad guy who has no point of being. There's just so many. I, I will admit that yes, I feel clash, like the deviant clash. stuff was like half baked. It, it, it felt like it was going somewhere else, and and then it didn't, and I was kind of mm-hmm. disappointed. It should have yeah, just I, not been that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, and it, like it feels like having him r- randomly evolve and then show up at the end is just kind of like weird. But whatever. And it, yeah, Rocky it, start, but I, I'm I'm hopeful for them to show up in other films and hopefully. They have another. I, I think Zhao's coming back for a second Eternals. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, yeah. uh, she can do better than she did the first time. Yeah, um, she's doing Nomadland it, too. Yeah. Eternals too. One for me, Perfect. one for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see those Badlands again. Um, what was it? Maybe oh, an Eternal will show up on her journey across <laughs> the country. <laughs> there. Okay, so in it the. Um, the celestials make the the deviants first right and then um and then they say oh well like after the deviants take over the world they they need something to take out the um the deviants so they made the celestials and they don't evolve but then like the celestials do evolve uh a conscious but then also like does that happen every single time they do a planet they send the deviants out and then they send the eternals or because this has happened like multiple multiple times right like the countlessly the, throughout the yeah, century. how they explain in the beginning is that like they they created deviants to attack the predators that would prevent intelligent life from spawning on the planet which would then you know create a, a, a planet that then they could you know be born from so deviants are there to keep other predators in check well they evolved to become predators even though they were already predators but like predators to the point that they were attacking humanity which is what they didn't want they want humanity numbers up so, so they so, make Eternals to attack the Deviants, but yes, it seems unclear. Is that are they still they unleashing de- them in these in this fake war on every planet? Basically, I yeah, think I, I mean, think we've they... had this conversation in the Eternals episode, so we probably okay. did. We can we can move on. Yeah, I, and this is again a thing right, I like. All right. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to end up talking about the Eternals more than we're going to talk about Jonah Hex later. So that's yeah. probably true. Yeah. It's just weird after three to five to six hours to still have questions like this about the basics of what's going on yeah, in the movie. I, I haven't even uh, finished the movie yet. <laughs> so long. Still going. Uh, I also watched the Fisher King for the first time. This wow. is a, a weird one. It's uh, Terry Gilliam. Is that his name? Gilliam. Gilliam. Terry Gilliam uh, movie. Terry Gilliam Ma- Anderson. That's right. That, that's right. <laughs> uh, Terry McGinnis. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Bridges with long hair um, meets uh, Robin Williams who is homeless and uh, has some delusion. Uh, Have you guys seen it at all? No, I've seen it a long time ago. It's been a while. I haven't. It's pretty interesting. Um, I think in a lot of ways it is a movie of its time. They have a video store um, that you can rent movies from. What the fuck? (laughs) Laser disc or nothing. <laughs> it's it's interesting. It's like it is a take on people who have been left behind, and uh, I don't know. There, there's a lot of things I wonder, you know, what it's saying or, or anything. But I think it's worth 
worth a watch. It's an interesting one. Uh, Terry Gilliam makes some interesting movies. Uh, it's interesting to see Jeff Bridges. He's playing this like shock jock radio DJ that. Um, hey, is the star man coming <laughs> in to tell you what's going on. He says something that sets somebody off and he loses his career and then has to like kind of make to up Texas. For too many podcasts. Yeah, this wokeism is going too far, man. Exactly. This is this is the origin. This of oppression all of this. will not this stand. The origin uh, of cancel culture. <laughs> the origin of cancel culture. That he Terry Gilliam predicted it. Wow. And, uh, called it out long before. I feel uh, like Gilliam might be rightly in the cancel uh, uh, crosshairs, so I understand <laughs> that. Oh, is he? I don't. We'll talk about it off pod. <laughs> Who isn't? <laughs> um. But anyway, I thought the movie was interesting. Not perfect, but interesting. Uh, and then the other movie I watched was Push with uh, Chris Evans. And uh, Oh, I kind of remember yeah. this. this Wait, is, what, what was it called? 2010. It's called Push. He has a er, Oh, it's like a superhero powers. movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, not really. It's like the superhero. People have superpower. It's a superpower movie, but not a superhero movie. Right? So like it's just normal people, but they have these superpowers and they're, they're weird. Cause they kind of like name the powers and there are like a certain type of power. So you might get this power or you might get that power. Who's the, but, the female, uh, who's the female lead in that? Or who's the, uh... Oh God. starts with a C I'll look it up. Um, but then, Oh wait, wait, wait. Dakota Fanning is also in it. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. Okay. And then Fanning Camilla, Camilla bell. Is that another, actor's name she's also in it camille cabello camila cabella yeah. <laughs> yeah um and then jimin hansu man and I, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I think there was another one from yeah camilla bell huh anyways uh another person from the mcu was in it briefly uh yellow jacket from ant-man oh, okay oh wow okay yeah. So, uh, yeah, Chris Evans has telekinetic powers, and then he's visited by some sniffers who are able. This is the Yellow Jacket, and one other guy are able to sniff his belongings and like find out Ew. where they've been, whatever. <laughs> They're just oh, like they have the power of a creep. It's weird. It is weird because like that's that's the thing that kind of like strikes ah, me as odd. Ah. Oh, he's got powers, all right. <laughs> you have certain powers, right? And then they have these weird, weird powers like that. So the the powers that they show in this are uh, the telekinesis, and cool. then they have people who can like see visions of the future. And, okay, that's like, cool. Draw, and they draw them out, and then you can see like what's going on in the future. People who sniff things and can tell where those things have been. That's not. <laughs> That's like and then, that's like how Toad feels when he's with the X Man. He's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and then you have people that scream and can shatter things. No, what happens like, to yeah, a sniffer when can... it's struck by lightning? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a weird movie, also from its time, 2010, uh, and the soundtrack. Oh, it, it fits, you know. Um, but it's, it's Matchbox Twenties cool. push and. Uh, <laughs> push it by static x right probably i don't know i was just sniff it real good that's playing too even though that's not from that's from the 90s maybe 
yeah, the song Sniff It Real Good. <clears throat> but the, the, the remake, yeah, the other remake was 2010 when the movie yeah, mu- came out. Music from and inspired by Push, <laughs> and they re-recorded their song. Uh, but yeah, if you if you want to, if you got a couple extra hours, you want to see Chris Evans. Do, do you some... not know how long any movies are? <laughs> a couple extra hours, <laughs> anywhere from probably... two to four hours on this one. And this one probably wasn't that. It's was probably an hour and a half to two hours. That's what I would think. <sighs> but uh, I do remember vaguely one of the the screaming guys. They're like, their eyes change shape when they scream. Another weird part of of their powers, but I remember visually that guy from the trailers. Hmm. But I didn't remember much else about the movie that it existed at all until I read an article saying I it's overlooked. You mentioned it, so yeah. yeah, there you go. It's interesting, and it's got three characters from the MCU or three actors who played characters in the MCU. Uh, what if they yeah. brought the push people over into the through the multiverse? Huh? If they pulled them in. Oh, wait, oh, yeah. I mean, push, push them. Yes. Uh, whatever. Uh, Andrew, you seen anything? Yeah, I watched, speaking of uh, Marvel movies, I watched The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. The um, first one? The first one. And, you know, like, I have always said that there are problems with The Amazing Spider-Man movies, but ultimately what I did like about them is I think they got the struggle of Peter Parker as Spider-Man better than the Tobey Maguire movies. And, you know, Hmm. even though like people didn't really like that Andrew Garfield's like a cool skater Spider-Man, I didn't, I don't, I don't mind it, but like, I, I guess like it's not my favorite thing. I wouldn't prefer that he's a skater versus how I picture him from the comics, but what they do get right about Peter Parker I do like I think outweighs kind of the stuff that they decide to do with like artistic license of he's a skateboard guy, you know, whatever kind of motif. But yeah, but he loves science and he's a nerd. He still likes science and taking pictures. Um, and he's attractive and he gets all the girls. Yes. And yeah. Um, so I like I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I am going to watch the second one, which I know is riddled with more problems than the first one. Uh, I'll watch that soon, but I don't know. I enjoyed it. I think it, I, I, I went on Twitter and made a bold claim that I think, uh, the amazing Spider-Man movies are better than the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. What the fuck? I think so. Um, I mean, what's, what's got you thinking about all these old Spider-Man movies? I don't know. We I just, just, yeah. we just got a new one. I'm thinking about these old ones. What? what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you I still haven't the seen present. that new one, but. Yeah, I haven't seen that new one, but I don't know why you're not I just have, talking yeah. about. I have no yeah. idea. Something there was some inspiration from it. I can't quite put my finger on it, but <laughs> there's something in the new one that made me think about the old ones. Um, also watched Max, a favorite of yours, or maybe an old favorite of yours, Snatch. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it in a bit, but uh, I think I'd still like it. Yeah, it's a it. Would so I? I think so. I mean, it's like you Prime know, it, Richie. Yeah, it's it. I enjoyed it. Uh, we watched it with, uh, you know, we do a movie a movie club with some friends over text, and they weren't enjoying it as much as I was. Um, I think they were expecting a different kind of heist movie than mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, there's some, like, I guess, you know, like, there's some stuff of its time that, you know, doesn't, like, 
translate well to like watching movies now. And like, there's like one scene where they show like, like pretty abused animals in it that I was not like keen on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, other than that, like it's a fast paced, fun, snappy movie. It's funny snatchy. to see. It's funny. Yes. Yeah, really snatchy. Um, <laughs> it's really funny to see, uh, Oh fuck. Statham with hair. Cause he's like, yes. Oh, weird. I forgot. Yeah. It's not like he's got like a full head of hair, but he's got a little bit of like, you know, it's like, a, like he's not bald yet. Yeah. I, bald yeah, I, I remember he was in it, but I forgot he had hair. Yeah. And then Brad Pitt's a fox. Brad Pitt's can't a understand fox. a word he says. Right? Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Yeah. Perfect. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, I also watched the Italian job, which was another Statham uh, early two thousands movie where he's still got a little bit of hair. Was that also with Furiosa? Uh, Furiosa. Um, and Mos Def? Mos, no. Is it Mos Def? Yeah, it is Mos Def. You're right. Um, and Mar- Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. here. Should uh, I watch it? <laughs> uh, Ed Norton also in it. Uh, Donald Sutherland. Uh, Seth Green also in that cast. Weird. Yeah. Um. It was, I think I watched. I think I watched the original one. Maybe. I think you. I think you did. Like maybe not recently. Recently, but within the last year, I think I remember you talking about it. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it was. It was fun. I. I wouldn't say like, it was like the, like I. I think I like Snatch more in terms of like heist, movies. That's a little more my speed. Um, I don't always enjoy Mark Wahlberg and stuff, but, you know, he's fine in it. Like he's cool guy lead but mm-hmm. yeah it was fine have you uh have either of you seen the sting with no. uh robert redford and uh paul newman no it's a great heist movie you should both check it out robert Red- <sighs> one of those handsome I've, heists you'll ever see i uh i do remember I've seen some movies with the two of them but i do remember I that i've seen that one i do remember that joke from the simpsons where homer Marge is like fantasizing about the brawny man and uh, Homer's like looking around the kitchen for like something, something to like to fantasize about like a separate mascot. And he like lands on Newman's uh, dressing (laughs) (laughs) and uh, he goes, Homer, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told Robert Redford. It's not going to (laughs) happen. That's really good. Um, I think I have seen this movie and it's, it is interesting that you've seen so many heist movies because I really thought about watching heat, but I didn't. Hmm. I have, I I thought about, there's a, there's a TV show that I, that I, are we listing movies that we thought about watching, but aren't, (laughs) didn't watch. That's a new segment. It's a new segment. Yeah. We have to get Ben in to record the theme song (laughs) for that too. Um, uh, there's a TV show that I'm going to mention that I, I thought about the Jim Gaffigan heat joke about like watching heat so late that it's like not worth talking. <laughs> I want to talk about heat now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the last movie I watched was uh, ice age, the animated movie with uh, Ray Romano and John Leguizamo. I mean, it is a heist of an acorn. That's true. So. It is true. It's also, it's also temperature related. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, the animation does not hold up very well, but despite that, the, the, uh, the, the story's cute and, uh, the voice acting is good. So 
I think all of them went on Disney Plus when uh, they bought Fox, and there's a new Ice Age movie or short that just came out on Disney Plus, so that's why it was on the brain. So mm. watch that. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, oh, we gotta get this little kid. Uh, uh. anyways, <laughs> TV shows. TV shows we've seen. We've seen. Robert, any TV? Mm, just a little Mando for me, but we will, uh, or Book of Boba Fett, rather. Oops. <laughs> Uh-oh, Oops. spoiler. For a Freudian Oops. slip. A Nemoidian slip, maybe, oh, boy. Is, is more appropriate. Um, sorry, yes, I've, I've been watching the Book of Boba Fett, is what I meant to say, but uh, we will we will probably talk about that on the Gentleman's Mini, which you can find on Patreon. Wow. That was a great plug. Uh, Max, what about yourself? Uh, wonderful plug, by the way. Uh, I finished up Orphan Black. Uh, here's an interesting thing about season five. Uh, don't say Shang-Chi is in it. Don't say too much because I haven't finished season five. <sighs> Have you started it? I've started it, yeah. Well, I think it's like the first or second episode. I it, you know, It's been uh, like two or three years since i started season five and come on so, andrew you don't have any you don't have anything okay. else going on hurry up and watch yeah. it yeah. restart season season five uh it's not uh it's not a big spoiler an actor shows up in it simu lu mm-hmm. i'm fucking his name up but uh shang chi shows up as orphan black pulls up to a hotel and she tosses the keys to shang chi <laughs> yeah and parks the car with aquafina exactly uh yeah he, he's like kira's teacher for oh, okay. a, a half a second in, a, in the show. It's pretty interesting to see him pop up now that he's a big star. Um, so I finished up season five and uh, I, I, I think of all the seasons, I remember the least of season five. It was very vague in my mind and only little bits and pieces came mm-hmm. back when I was watching it. Hmm. But uh, I am excited to continue it in podcast form. Um haven't started that yet but i'm interested to see where it goes and it'll be new from here on out cool um and then i also finished up documentary now finally got to see the um the bowling episode the last one one. (laughs) it was a good one cracking me up the dead eye dunahan or whatever his name was um and the the um the catchphrase suck my sack (laughs) Uh, but I think my two favorite episodes are probably like the 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 ones related to music. Like there was the mm. the musical that they produce, and they like fire the whole cast while they're like recording the uh, the CD or record, I guess, because it was in the seventies. And the um, stop making sense one was awesome. It was just too good. Um, and then I also watched the final season. I shouldn't say final season. I think it's probably going to keep going, even though I don't know where it's going to go from here. Of Search Party, mm. uh, this so like Search Party starts out as a thriller kind of thing, like a, a mystery thriller where they're trying to search for um, a girl who's disappeared, and then like things kind of snowball and continue to snowball. And season five is like legitimately weird it's just weird that they went where they went it's very strange i've never seen a tv show turn like this did 
Uh, Jeff Goldblum is in it, and hmm. it's an odd one. And they they you, like the whole time I felt like they're gonna have to undo a lot of what they've done here, and they don't. So like, it's it's interesting to see where it goes. Hmm. I, I recommend Search Party. I, it's it's an interesting one. I feel like I I watched it. I, we watched all of season one and then stopped and then rewatched season one, forgetting that we had watched it already. And like, <laughs> and then like picked it up uh, and continued with it, but it gets really good. And if, if you're like, if you're thinking that it's not really your style, maybe stick with it. Cause the style of it uh, switches up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, if I can find it, I'll watch it. <laughs> give, give it a shot. I think I was watching it on HBO Max. So, uh, I don't want any clues. I have to look for it. Uh, 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 I see. It's searching for that party. You'll find it someday. And have, you, have, you, have you seen anything? Me? Uh, yes. I watched Peacemaker. More of Peacemaker. Oh, I <laughs> that's what I should have watched, yeah. too. Uh, still enjoying that. I Not all the way caught up. I just watched an episode that was a little more focused on Vigilante. Huh? Was, yeah. Is it coming? Is it coming out weekly? Yeah. Yeah. But I think the first three eps came out at once or something, right? Yeah. Now they're coming out weekly. And then the TV show that I was talking about, maybe seeing too late, is I did finally finish the second season of Umbrella Academy. Oh. I thought the thing that I like came away thinking while we were watching the last episode is. Was that was that the first time that the entire team had done something together? And I think the answer was yes. And I think that's what I've been missing from the show was just like they're so mm. segmented all the time. Like this person's doing their own thing. These two people are doing something. These three are doing something. And I think it was like the first time that the entire team had done something together. And I was just like, this is kind of fun. Like I like that they're all like kind of teaming up and doing some stuff and it was just like finally like they haven't really done that yet and i was i was kind of like that's weird that like at the end of the second season was the first time that the the team itself finally does something as a team but you know and it like it wasn't like it never felt like it was building to it it just almost felt like they never got around to doing something (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so like seeing them all together and like giving you like the impression that they all care about each other was kind of novel, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of the the theme of it, that they're, they're a family that doesn't always get along. and doesn't always work well together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought the ending of the second season was especially like the, the very end I thought was interesting and a, and a cool bridge into season three, but yeah, that's all I've seen for TV. Guys, let's talk about the movie we watched this week. Mr. Jonah Hex. I like to kick it. Now I'm in the cowboy hat. Now I'm in a cowboy hat. Now I'm in three cowboy hats. Yeah, we watched Jonah Hex, a early DC movie on uh, Netflix. 2010 or 2011 or something. I don't remember with 2010 Josh Brolin, Megan Fox, Will Arnett. 
<laughs> John no Malkovich. Reason. John Malkovich. Oh this, this cast, can, we, can I can I keep going? Because the cast yeah. is insane. Michael Fassbender. John Malkovich, Michael Fassbender, Michael Shannon, Wes Bentley. You also have uh, John Gallagher Jr., who's been in some uh, in some stuff. Lance Reddick pops up in this movie. Barely. Um, and and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes, for a little also bit, barely. Yep. But st- I mean, still like the uh, the fact that like the the how much they skyrocketed in their stardom a lot of these folks yeah. with very small parts is wild to me. It honestly um, it felt like a Spy Kids movie where you would just go, this person, why are they in this? Right. This person, why are they in this? Like in they like must tiny tiny friends. roles. Yeah, they must be real good friends with the director or yeah. something. Like, did Michael Shannon have a speaking line? He was just like the carnival like. I bring master. Yeah, me, I, like right? when I saw his name in the in the cast credits, I was like, "When was he in this movie?" And I just did not exactly. remember. And it, so, like when I say Will Arnett's in this movie, you might think like, "Oh, he's kind of a cracking jokes or something." He's playing a serious role in he, this as I, like a he, general. He has like the tiniest hint of like disdain for Jonah, where Hex, where he's he's kind of like pithy, like, "Huh," and you think that we're gonna you can talk to dead people, but like, he's not really being funny. Like no. it's a weird casting yeah. of that character. The, the whole time I kept thinking, is there going to be a reason that this is Will Arnett and never nope. like, he, and then he dies. And I, I was like, yep. Oh no, there wasn't, there was no reason for that to be Will Arnett. Also the death of that character was such a like, fuck you to people who were thinking maybe like he's going to do something funny. It's just like, He's killed off so in like such a like blase. He didn't fashion. even have like he should have said like oh balls because cannonballs were being shot at sure. <laughs> you know, something. Uh, yeah. Um, so this is based on the DC comic. Um, the long running. Oh, yeah. By DC the way, character, yeah. Would you recommend people watch <laughs> the Jonah Hex on Netflix? I think, and this was oh, we picked this. I believe you said because it was just added to Netflix. What a boon! <laughs> yeah, we finally right. have this I think, at our yeah. fingertips. I know uh, Netflix is having some subscription issues, like it's, it's if, losing its ass, but this will really boost up the numbers. How about this? If you want to appreciate the DC movies that are out currently more, <laughs> you might go check out Jonah Hex. <laughs> um, I actually think. I mean, we'll get into it. I think there's like a, a few scenes that sort of in isolation are are all right, but I would have a hard time recommending it to anyone, but like a completionist who's like, I need to see everything that, you know, DC has ever put to the screen. It's uh, my alternate title for this movie. Mild, mild West. Wow. <laughs> good. Good. Ra- uh, Max, what about you? And I'm out. <laughs> wow. um, yeah. Also, Andrew, thanks for calling me by my real name. Raw Max. Raw Max. <laughs> um, raw take dude. <laughs> I would not recommend uh, watching this movie. I think that it 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 tries to be several things and doesn't do any of them well. No. You know, it's not a good superhero movie. It's not a good western. It's a, a weird mix trying to be both, but uh, really failing to do either. Yeah, I agree with uh, that. What you- I think that's exactly right, Max. I mean, like the the one. Plus, I will give this movie is that it is 82 minutes long. It like when uh, Robert earlier said it's a movie that barely qualifies as a movie. It is so short and like it's so short and reuses footage. Yes, it reuses <laughs> footage. It remembers that it's a comic book movie for the first like five minutes of the movie where it's doing like what on earth it did like as like either like flashbacks really bad or, animatics. Yeah. Or like telling like 
this is what happened in the preceding like five months thing. They do like panels or like, you know, like they animate it to look like a comic book and then they just forget for the rest of the movie that this is a comic book movie. And not that like I want it to be like, you know, quippy or you know like a marvel movie or have like like angley's hulk like flying around from yeah yeah like the transitions to be can like comic panels but why have it at the beginning of the movie and then never use it again for the like proceeding it it feels like a studio note plus like it feels like oh maybe we should have more context for the character so like we'll do a little animatic to describe it and then people will also be like ah it's a dc comic character right i don't know it also like Um, the lucy goosey explanation I hated as that to, character yeah, lucy goosey <laughs> i hated her um, that was fastbender <laughs> the the explanation fastbender. the the explanation for why he has powers is done so like also like fuck you like if you like the character of jonah hex this movie is such a fuck you to people who like jonah hex and- now I'm not a I'm not super familiar with the character, so I didn't assume there was anything more to it than he was you know fought for the South. <laughs> so this is our hero, by the way. Yep. But he never believed in secession or slave owner owning. He just didn't like the government. I like um, I like how they had uh, Lance Reddick deliver that line to make sure like yeah oh, he's, he's like it's yes. okay it's okay he's like he you're okay in my book. <laughs> Because you just didn't hate, you just hate the government. They, I just um, want to specifically say that you you didn't believe in anything that they were saying. You just wanted to fight for their side. Um, Andrew, I, it, government. it isn't lost on me, Andrew, that you had us watch um, so close to the anniversary, a movie about people uh, angry at the government taking over the Capitol. Um, <laughs> also, so I, I would I like... See what, I, I see what you're saying, yeah. and I'll see you next year. Yeah, I'll see you until January 6th. Uh, the, other, the other thing I would like to point out that is maybe ill-timed about this movie... Uh, the first movie that we watch of Black History Month is a movie where uh, Megan Fox is maybe claiming to be black. Wait, what? There's a part where the what? There's a part where oh. when she escapes from the handcuffs, she says, "Uh, to to like whatever her name is, like Tulala or something, like her real Tulula name." Tulula May. Tulula May's black mama didn't raise no fool. And I was just like, "What the fuck is that? Like, is she?" Like, there's no implication that she's adopted. She just says, my black mama didn't teach me to be no fool. And she's like, what? Is she claiming I, to be black? Like, what? Is- I heard the name part, but I didn't make the connection that she literally meant that her, her mom was black. But that's uh, that's wild if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, right. It was crazy. Don't, don't and, and also, it. like, she didn't raise no fool, so she, like, knows how to, like, pick locks and stuff. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, right. <laughs> that's, that's For a movie that takes place, you know, post-Civil War and it still has, you know, it baked into it uh, problematic stuff, that's, that's uh, quite a leap. Yeah, this... Uh, it's th- so the the general story of the movie is that Jonah Hex is named his real name is Jonah Hex. It's not a name that he gets later. It's just his <laughs> name is Jonah Hex. Uh, he is fighting. What's for your this... name, son? Well, I was hexed by uh, this uh, this weird guy, general guy. Hmm. Jonah I'll call Hex. You, yeah, I'll call That's you Jonah you. Hex. Um, he Jonas yeah. Solo. He fight, He fights for the South. He decides he doesn't want to fight for the South anymore. He turns on his crew. Kills uh, John Malkovich's son, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes. And so then Jeffrey Dean Morgan hunts down Jonah Hex's family, kills them in front of him, and then brands his face. And then... With a mark that says, cutie. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I noticed that. You know he really he, should have kept it, and he would have been like, "I think it's funny that in the tell? movie he Can't he gets tell? the he gets the burn or the the the, the brand," and I was like, "Ooh, that looks pretty bad." And then it shows it, and I was like, eh, "It looks bad," but he's still got his face all put together. No, he is he's heated up an axe to like cauterize the wound, and that gave him his gross like skin flap and yeah. all sorts of crap on his face just really botched it yeah it looked really bad and it made him speak like he constantly had his mouth forced he open he was at the dentist was with the drip open. cup right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. well i'm looking for the general yeah just it was so funny and and hey and a few decades later he'd have more goop on his face for thanos <laughs> <laughs> he can't escape the goop he loves it Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if and when Paltrow's in those movies, so really can't escape <laughs> yeah. it. If I, they made this movie after Two Face in uh, like Batman, yeah, Batman, Dark, Knight, Dark Knight, yeah, then it would have looked a lot better. It, it looks terrible with just slapping like prosthetics. It, it, it's funny because like it's like very iconic that there's that one piece of skin that is like somehow fused from one top of one lip to the other, and I was like. Would anyone be upset if it's just like his face was just scarred up and he could like talk normally? Right. Or something? I don't. Maybe they would. I mean, it's they already, so me. as, as I said, they've already given any Jonah Hex fans a f- big fuck you by like making this movie the way it is. So like the fact that they were like, oh, we got to keep the skin line in. Like I, I did wonder if like I was just missing out on a ton of like comic references. Like, is his horse just named horse? Is that a famous thing? In the I mean, comic? like I, so I haven't read a ton of Jonah Hex. Like I did read a little bit of, um, you know, when they did the new 52, the, the, I think the Jonah Hex comic was called All-Star Western. And I did mm, yes. read like the first like two trades of that or something. And I did enjoy it, but I wouldn't say that like I'm a huge Jonah Hex comic fan. But yeah, I don't I don't know if that's a thing like his horse is named horse. And um, although he does have a, do- a good dog companion in this for cute, cute like boy. Yeah, for like a short amount of time, there's a, a dog that follows him around. But um, yeah, a good thing there was a good dog because a lot of the human performances were pretty lifeless in this movie. Like I, I, I gotta say, I kind of like Fastbender as a villain. Fastbender was inter- Like he was, he seemed to be the one who's putting the most into his performance. Like mm-hmm. he seemed to think like this is my opportunity. I've got to do something. Of course he then got Magneto not that long after this. So maybe that's true. Um, and then he got Assassin's Creed man. And then, the, <laughs> and then of course the snowman, <laughs> Mr. Police, you could have saved them. Why didn't you? That was inspired off of his, uh, Joan Hex turn. But like John Malkovich is like very weirdly tame in this. Like it's John Malkovich, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Get me Jonah Hex." I'm just like, "What? Why is this? Why Malkovich? Like, if he's if you're gonna like just let him like coast, like let someone else do it. Like Malkovich is doing fine, and like he doesn't need this like tarnishing his his uh, his IMDb page. <laughs> maybe he was. Uh, m- maybe he signed the contract before he read the script and then once he read the script he was like okay i know what i'm doing he Nothing. thought he was <laughs> i did i mean i thought he was like fine he was do. he was just like a weird it was somebody who was like balding with like this big kind of like long mullety hair and was just like this dirty asshole who just wanted to 
who's just like i've decided to bomb hospitals and shit like he just oh it's it's i wish i would i wish i could say he was chewing the scenery more but he was yeah just kind of just like a simmering villain he wasn't he wasn't reaching in yeah the villains the villains in this by the way the body count that they accrue in like a short 82 minute movie is like staggeringly high and like and like in an unnecessary amount like that when they rob that train and then they plant dynamite on the on the tracks and then they just blow up the car full of civilians for like really no reason i was just like wow i did i truly was surprised by that i did not think that was going to happen you know what i thought was like a funny detail was like the soldiers are all taking aim at the people riding up the train and then two of the soldiers take up their hats and masks fall down <laughs> over their faces and then they start shooting i was like well they already know <laughs> what they look they like who you were and right. going to kill them but i like that detail i thought i've laughed at that I yeah that was funny also 2v like 15 or something was like too insurmountable for that amount of soldiers what what did they say it when um they go and get the uh detonation devices for this cannon they're building they never show how they build this giant like no. warship but um there are these like glowing they're like dragon balls <laughs> yeah. um and um he, I don't they say that Eli Whitney, after he invented the cotton gin, started making like weapons of war and basically invented modern warfare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's fucking great. Also, I, I wonder what George Washington Carver was doing. Yeah, Did he I, make any shit. I also think they sort of loosely like implied that this was also the birth of fireworks on the Fourth of July. Because yeah. like at, yeah, at the so, end huh? when like the ship blows up and then they look off in the distance and then Lance Reddick's kids say like. Wow, look at that, Daddy. He goes, yeah, happy 4th of July. He's just like... I have a feeling this will be a tradition now, sons. (laughs) Someday they're going to try this with LEDs and people aren't going to like it as much because it's not as loud. Yeah, wait till you see these things I'm working on. Drones. (laughs) Daddy? Uh, I did... Okay, you know what? I got to give it up for this because I actually thought this was cool and I thought it was a, a decent payoff. I liked the dynamite crossbows... I no, that, sure. No, you I, didn't. Yes, I did. They looked cool. I thought they looked cool. Oh, they looked like they goodness. had them in a little theater. And then you think he's going to get in this big fight where he's like going to be overwhelmed, but he like shoots dynamite in a bunch of rooms and kills everyone. <laughs> I, I liked it. <laughs> they they were like, "Hey, here's these guns. They're just going to blow everyone up." And he's like, "All right, I'm going to do that." Oh my god! <laughs> when they when they pulled that shit out, he's like, "I want." I want the stuff from the back. Like, I know you've got better than this. He's like, yeah, okay. I've got something for you. And he pulled out some pistol crossbows that had dynamite on the bottom. I was like, the fuck are you doing? It looked like a birdhouse. But that's like the weird West stuff that I was kind of hoping for. That's I, that's the like, West stuff like, you were hoping for. Was cro- <laughs> dynamite I just feel guns. like that's... It is like, I feel like they should have leaned more. I don't know. Again, I don't know what really what all is going on in the comic, but I feel like there's weird supernatural stuff that he's running into sure. and is, you know, sort of influenced by. And it feels like there's some like, you know, steampunky kind of like this didn't actually happen this way in, in, you know, in the history, but here's maybe, you know, he runs into someone who can outfit him with these weird weapons or something like that. I don't know. I kind of, it was like a glimpse of what I thought was maybe being pulled from a comic. And I was like, Oh, okay, sure, this is sure. quite what the, yeah, I've seen this in a cowboy movie before and it, you know, didn't deliver a ton, but yeah, I also love in that scene. He goes to, you know, draw his gun, the the crossbow things. And John Malkovich is kind of like looks, sees he's coming, is like, go kill him. And then like very slowly like walks out and doesn't, you know, <laughs> doesn't get caught in the crossfire at all. It's very funny. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> so yeah, the the whole thing is that Jonah Hex is trying to catch up to John Malkovich so he can kill him for killing his family. He talks to Jeffrey Dean Morgan at a certain point because he can like raise the dead for a few moments. And I like that element. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought like the the like the effect of like the dead body turning back into like a living person mm-hmm. then back into a, bo- into a dead body. I thought that actually looked pretty good when it could have very easily looked yeah. corny. Um, yeah. Better than the explosions in the movie for sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The cannonballs, the cannonball effects especially were like so bad. Yeah. It was really weird how bad it looked. Yeah. I mean like I know um, this they, When they blow up that town and it like pans out and it looks like, someone on ms paint like drew in a mushroom cloud i was <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck yeah there's some yeah there's some wild effects uh how about megan fox in this movie just like i you know like i am not the biggest fan of megan fox i also don't think she's as horrible as people make her out to be but if if they're basing their opinion based on her in this movie then i get it she is just almost completely lifeless in this movie i yeah I mean, like, they were capitalizing... During the filming of... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I think they were capitalizing on her being, like, the it girl of the time, obviously. Because, like, otherwise, I don't know why you would pair Megan Fox and Josh Brolin together, but... Yeah, um, yeah, weird, weird combo there. And she's, like, the, pardon the expression, but, like, the hooker with a heart of gold as far as, like, she's got a thing for Jonah Hex. Yeah. And it's like, you're my favorite. It's like, okay, I don't get it, but... I also Whatever. like that when uh, when Michael Fassbender breaks into her room to like kidnap her, she's writing a letter to Jonah Hex and like calligraphy writing his name on the front and like where's like where is it she gonna deliver that to? <laughs> Some whatever shithole he winds up in. The, uh, the fun facts during the filming of this movie, you know she's obviously with Machine Gun Kelly now, but she was previously uh, dating uh, Revolver Kelly during this. Oh boy! Oh, oh god, that was good. That was really good. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate that so much. But you know, I'm sorry. Before... And never mind. Actually, she was dating Crossbow Dynamite. <laughs> All right, you, you beat me to it. I was just gonna say it. Oh my god, those guns! Yeah. <laughs> Long line I'm... of is he a rapper? I don't know who Machine Gun. Yeah, he's a rapper. Kelly does. Okay. Uh, I I really wish they had leaned into like the the creepiness of the undead thing rather than it just being like another conversation he has this weird power and people don't necessarily believe it was also weird can other people see when he brings people back because he, he really did it only when he was on his own yeah he did it once work. in front of our net but then he was like go he'll go tell you go go ask him and it's like he knows that wouldn't work it was just so he could batman away right but yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't know but- i don't understand if people can understand when when he's doing it if they see that it almost didn't seem like Will Arnett even believed after he went over and talked no. to him that he had gone gone over and talked to him, but took everything that he said as if he had talked to him. It was really, well, then, really he, weird. Situation. He also preempted that by saying, we all know what you can do to Jonah mm. Hex. And then like, there's the one guy who's like, uh, Mr. Hex, that, that body's dead. And he, and like, it's a, like, Will Arnett almost gives him like a wait for it, kid, you know, like sort of thing. But then, yeah, you're right. Like, to, like and then also it's really funny because he has it's like he has like a three or four minute conversation with this dead body and then will arnett goes oh 30 seconds with a dead body it's just like what like you have like max's concept of time <laughs> it's this uh three to five hour conversation <laughs> with this dead body joan i've been dead for the length of several movies i don't know how long <laughs> sorry moving pictures <laughs> there's also 
I don't know if this is present in the comic, the idea that like, um, like the, the burning, like basically while he's grabbing you and he has you alive, you start burning uh, because it's unnatural for you to be alive after you've died. Right. And so you start uh, feeling a, a weird a burn. You like burn away or something if like you that. Are, the fresher you are. Yeah. It, I, I feel like they made that up just so they could uh, punch what was John Malkovich? Or was that punch uh, him into Fassbender embers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, punch him into embers. I, I feel like they just made that up. So, oh, he just died, you know. But I kind of liked it because, like, he was like, it's like you're burning and suffering that quickly. So he immediately brought him back to life and was like, and hey, by the way, here's for my fucking son, and like, yeah. text yeah. him out. I just um, feel like that that idea was like they brought that in just so they could do that punch. You know what I didn't like? Um, the entire was when he is fighting John. <laughs> yeah. When he's fighting John Malkovich in like the heart of the ship and is also sort of having his like internal mental fight with him in like yes. the red uh, dust. I did not understand. Like, this is confusing. It's weird because like I there's not there's no reason that Heck shouldn't be besting him in the real world. Is it just like a mental block? Like, I can't beat the guy who killed my family. <laughs> it was just weird. Like, why does he need this this internal uh struggle to be you know to why does he need to win in his mind to win in real life it, was it doesn't so, really track it was for me. so confusing and like the, there's like no you're right there's like no reason to have it other than to confuse the audience as to like what like it and it also like it was almost playing like it was a memory of his which is like exactly but it had played out differently and when he originally had that idea he was like nearly dead right that yeah. was the point of why he was having that vision and then was he then almost dying when he was fighting him, having the vision again, but it played out a little different? That part was fucking stupid. It was really dumb. It was really dumb. I did not understand that at all. And then the way he he bests him is by, like, sticking his neck in a gear or something and just, like, saying, like, peace out, dude, and then, like, blowing up the, the ship. Like, it was the fucking end of MacGruber or something. It was, like, so, like, weirdly anticlimactic. And then, you know... Then he ends up in the the president's office. And he's like, he offers him to be the sheriff of America. <laughs> I With couldn't tell if he was. Badge. I couldn't tell if he was offering to be like the you know, or what's the what would be like the district attorney or what's the. He offers him a sheriff's badge. <laughs> Just says like he does, but that's what I didn't understand. I was like, is he offering him like a position, like a cabinet position that we that he isn't saying? There's a ceremonial, like, well, right? Yeah, it was. I don't know, it was but... very weird because then like even you know he's like. He's like, America doesn't have a sheriff. He goes, exactly. And he's like, well, countries don't have sheriffs. And he leaves the thing. And then, but if you need me, I'm pretty sure you can get a hold of me. And then it's just like, okay. So they were setting this up for like a loose sequel that, of course, never got made. Because why would it? But yeah, that that was just so weird. Just a weird, bad movie. <laughs> I mean, like. I'm I'm almost kind of glad that we watched it just because we've kind of gotten away from doing something this like weird and stupid, but this was this movie was very very bad. Yeah, considering it was a DC movie that not a single one of us watched when it came out. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Did had either of you seen this before? No, yeah, uh, no, either. I had heard about it, and in fact, I downloaded an old episode of uh, the Flop House to listen to because I remember listening to a podcast about this year like when it came out yeah and didn't have any context for it neither of you guys mentioned the snake man uh <laughs> oh geez yeah uh, uh very cool snake pit. man 
where uh, the fighting pit where Michael Shannon was uh, the announcer. Very briefly, he was like, lea, 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 and that's it. Didn't I don't think I had a line. Yeah. Someone was like, hey, do you know where Jonah Hex is? And he's like, I will find him. <laughs> um, I is it, So that this is where Michael Shannon got his in with DC. DC. He yeah. was like, hey, by the way, if you ever need a Zod, I'm right here. <laughs> um, all I have to say about this movie is I can't wait to see what DC does after this. <laughs> I, I remember seeing the trailer for this movie and knowing, hey, this is a comic book thing. And then also knowing I don't want to, there's like not a chance that I'm going to watch this. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> it looks so bad. And it was bad. And, yeah. You're and right. Josh Brolin had not yet proved himself as Thanos and uh, Cable yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Any final thoughts before we peace out? Before we ride off in the sunset? Um, yeah, before we ride off with our mangy dog and our horse named Horse. Um, no, not really. I'm uh, I, I'm glad that Brolin had another shot at a, a successful comic book film. That's yeah. that's about all that you can... I, I'm glad any of the people in this movie went on to be other comic book things that are much better. Yeah. <laughs> Max, what about yeah. you? Yeah, I can't wait to see Lance Reddick in the MCU. <laughs> um, and yeah, everybody should go out and watch something else. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good all right everybody we'll see you next time bye, bye.